Hello and welcome to the first episode of Me, My Dad and The Bachelor. Uh, my name's Matilda Bosley and this is my dad. I'm Ray Bosley. And uh, we're endeavouring to watch all of The Bachelor together. I'm a bit of a, a, a bit of an ironic but also not so ironic fanatic about the series. And Dad, what's your feelings on it? Well, I don't have any yet. I mean, well, I don't have any that I'm just justified in having. I've got some preconceived <laughs> prejudices against it. Because I understand, uh, you know, that it's it's pretty low common denominator trash telly. You know, I know nothing else about it. I don't. I've never watched an episode before. I don't know the history of the show. I don't know who's. Uh, I, I I understand there's one guy and, and many girls. So now that we're both delving into the world of highbrow TV criticism, what what are your credentials in the area? Do you have any right to be criticising this show? Look, I've been personally responsible for writing some of the worst television that's ever been on Australian screens. I, I earned my living as a, a scriptwriter for TV shows, a lot of uh, kids shows. Um, some, some I'm very proud of, but uh, as, a, as a working writer, that tends to be the exception, not the rule. So I've previously given you a really quick rundown of pretty much all of The Bachelors, including the horrific season of The Honey Badger. Uh, so that brings us up to speed yep. at Lockie Gilbert. Right. He was on Survivor. Yeah. I have not watched Survivor. Was he on Survivor in Paradise, though? I think Survivor and Bachelor in Paradise have a sing- similar setting. Yep. But a sort of different intensity level. Okay. Yeah. Uh, physically for the Survivor and just liver kind <laughs> of workouts for Bachelor in Paradise. Right, right. Okay. So now we've got through a significant backlog. I mm. feel like you're up to speed. Um, and I retained 100% of that. Yeah, I, yeah. I was going to joke that there will be a quiz at the end of the show, <laughs> but there actually will be a quiz at the end of the show. Okay. Um, first of all, what do we think of Lockie? Look, Lockie seems fine for a, a, a wet kind of naff dude. Yeah. He's all right. I mean, he's inoffensive. He's kind of... I think um, he's either too good to be true or there's less to him than meets the eye. <laughs> I suspect it may be the latter. Yeah. I mean, look, he's fine. He's a perfectly kind of affable dude, but just one of those guys that um, seems to be natural and living in the moment and everything, but then you start to think, well, he's never sort of dug his heels in. He's never kind of gotten uh, you know a hint of annoyance in his voice so he clearly can't be being genuine I don't know who he is he presents very well if you if you hate being offended by anything what would you do if I told you that he was one of the most interesting bachelors we've had? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I wish I could say I'd be surprised um, that's a shame that's um uh, well, look, you you can please some of the people some of the time, but you can't please 22 women all the time. <laughs> so basically that brings us up to episode one. Now, when we were watching it together in the final seconds of the show, as it just finishes, I pulled out my iPhone just to really record the raw, visceral reaction you had to this. Um, in particular, uh, the infamous Zoe Claire labelling Lockie a bit of a daddy. It makes me ashamed to be a human being, forced, vapid, shallow, drivel. I thought I'd seen the worst possible thing. It just seems, the whole thing seems really sexist. Would you consider him a daddy? 
a daddy, yes. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is it's, that's upsetting me about it, that I subconsciously see him as my daddy um, and I'm, I'm challenged by that. Perhaps that's what it is. Perhaps you can you know, put your finger on it. <laughs> what do we think about those 22 w- women? Talk to me about what are your initial thoughts? Who's your favourite? I think, I think, and... and um, look, it's it's not them, it's me, okay? <laughs> but I think there's perhaps six women and <laughs> and then, uh, what's that leave, 15 clones of one of them. Yeah. It's like, the, uh, you know, the first episode was last night and I kind of watched that and I was veering from the entire gamut of emotion of being appalled to being dismayed. Um, I... Um, uh, and and it was that sort of sequence where one after the other after the other after the other 22 women arrive and get introduced to our bachelor who feigns nerves each time mm-hmm. oh i'm so nervous i'm so nervous you're a bit nervous are you? oh i'm way nervouser than you um and uh but they all kind of were uh, you know um uh slim blonde you know mostly most of them um 75% were slim blonde gorgeous and kind of uh, un, unremarkable apart from that or those things. Like mm. well, any of those qualities are remarkable in real life, but on telly it's just like, oh, hang on, is it, oh, this is a new one. Oh, yes, because the dress is different, right. Except this one's dressed as a penguin. Oh, actually, that, that's that's not fair because she was one of the ones that was different. But <laughs> Well, literally the first two both had red dresses and straight blonde hair. Yes. And I even had, it was only the asthma inhaler that, that's right. Differentiated that. Yeah, yeah. So who, I'll ask you who you think is going to win in, this, in a second, but who was your favourite? Who were you like, Look, they're the ones. I'm, I'm casting my mind back 24 hours to to watching that show and I think I, I, I definitely liked Bella, who is sort of the kind of every woman, girl, next, like the sort mm-hmm. of most sort of seemingly natural and kind of non uh, non-fake, you know, that she was sort of one of the very few that sort of seemed to be having a, a, a an atom of kind of genuineness and instead of just sort of posing and saying snappy, cool-sounding lines and things mm. um, uh, or, or sort of manufacturing these reactions to things that really no human being could really care about. So so you said that she feels genuine. She seemed kind of a, to be a genuine person. Now, I was... I was desperate for something like that by the time she arrived because she she was sort of she was last toward, oh she was the very last that's right yeah um and so which means she was sitting in that limo for oh, one were they to, all in the limo it's one like a, to three days it's like a clown car I think there's a couple <laughs> per limo right oh, okay right I'm basing not a lot twenty two in the I one. I do base a lot of my background information off the TV show Unreal oh yes which yes. is a, essentially a sort of dark send up of the American Bachelor yeah yeah. So you're saying that Bella seems very genuine. Look, at the time, I'm tr- I sort of... I know, am building I, to something uh, here. The caveat <laughs> I'm trying to put in is that, you know, in parentheses, I was sort of, um, I was, I think Stockholm Syndrome had set in by then, <laughs> whereas I was sort of appalled, I was reeling, I was traumatised, and then suddenly there was someone that sort of seemed a little bit genuine. So my reaction was, Oh, this one's wonderful. She's going to win for sure. I hope they hit it off. I hope they hit it off. Um, and uh, and so I'm sure that that was a, 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 a 
you know, vastly amplified to what is the reality. But um, that was she jumped out certainly. I um, what were you going to tell me? I'm going to tell you that she has previously dated people from the show, including mm. one of the villains of Georgia Love season. I'm showing you a picture of Samuel Johnson now. What's your take on him? Oh, okay. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> He's a very slick looking dude. Yeah, he wasn't great from memory. Right. Right. So she, the so, thing about right. The Bachelor is there's the show. So she's commodified her genuineness and she's yeah. using it to her advantage. Yes. Yeah, okay. I, I would say that she is not naive to the processes of yep. TV. Yep. yep, sure. So what you need to know about The Bachelor is everyone's dating everyone all the time. Right. In the former cast members oh, okay. all have parties together. They become friendship groups. Oh, okay. They, it's like the breakfast club. They'll have like dating squares where this person dated this person who dated someone from Love Island who dated this person who dated this person who originally dated that person. Like it and goes just, around in circles. Just, just so I know. And then they cast of the, from those circles uh, too. Because there's a generational thing here. Yeah. So when you say dating, is that like a sexual relationship or is that just sort of socially dating and seeing each other? No, I would say that it's more likely... I think the sexual relationship comes first and then okay. actually dating each other would be like an added bonus on top of that. Right, right. If, in, if... They definitely, I find it interesting that not only do those social circles form after the show, yeah. but clearly the casting agents then cast from those social circles as well, which is interesting. It's like in... Amway. It's like a pyramid sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. that, you know, if they, they have to bring two more people into the dating circle. <laughs> yeah, a Bachelor Airborne. Mm. If you can recruit three wifeys, then you get to go on Paradise. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah. Now, a wifey is... is... Wifey's a Bella. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I started to gather that from yeah. the second episode we saw tonight. Yes, yes. Bella's a wifey. Okay. The dancers, maybe. Yep, yep. The, the nurse pe- the is a wifey. The penguin is not a... I nurse. I think we differ in our opinions of that. Rose, Rosemary the penguin... Is, is the cutesy girl, which is very different from a okay. wifey and gets kicked out on episode five. Oh, probably. Right, yes. And you can tell that because she has purple hair, right? Yeah. So moving on, who do you think is going to win? Bella's your oh, favourite. Uh, right. Uh, look, I wonder... Um, it I can think, be I Bella suppose, again. That's a valid answer. Well, that was my initial kind of, you know, reeling from PTSD's sort of reaction <laughs> yes, yeah. yesterday in the moment. But thinking about it, um, what uh, I'm... Because, you know, I've worked in the film industry a bit and so I'm kind of a little bit on to some of the editing kind of manipulations that are going on. And I, I'm suspicious. My my suspicions are aroused by how much screen time they're giving Roxy, mm. uh, who is our tattooed lady who's sort of a bit brassy and, and seems to have quite a lot of opinions. And then you were saying that often someone who's a good kind of narrator who sort of says, you know, good, summarises things, editorialises a bit, will get a lot of screen time. So maybe that's why they're doing that. My initial suspicion was, oh, okay, we, we, we're seeing a lot of her because she's going to be the winner ultimately. Mm. Um, I don't think so. She seemed perhaps a little extreme. I think crying in it. Yeah, that was... We'll get to it. We'll get to it. We're jumping ahead of ourselves. Yes. Okay. So who, who's going to win? Um, I wonder if maybe the... I was going to say the dancer woman, I forget her name. Yeah. Professional dancer. I'll get all the names up, don't worry. Yeah. But she... Uh, she seems quite genuinely nice uh, and also kind of singular enough that she won't be then sort of swept off and deemed boring and just sort of fade away and, you know. 
So perhaps, uh, look, if, if a gun to the head, I'd say perhaps her. Hmm. Okay. We love Nicole. She does a little nose scrunchy up thing that's like really oh, good for okay. TV, expression yep. wise. So uh-huh. I reckon she'll get a lot of airtime. Uh-huh. Okay. So we've got then Asthma Girl. Asthma Girl was, uh, you know, oh, I, I hope I don't laugh so much that I get asthma. I pulled out of an inhaler, <laughs> laugh so much that she has to use it. It seemed impressive at first. It was she like, was... if a man's not funny, he's not funny unless he can make me have an asthma attack oh, laughing. I was okay, thinking right. that's a fairly high standard. Yeah, that's... <laughs> It wasn't. He has to be life-threateningly amusing. <laughs> but it turns out um, anyone can fulfill yep, that role. Yep, she, she seemed very picky. I do not believe it's the case. I thought, I thought that her sort of gimmick of being an asthma person was second <laughs> only to eyebrows woman <laughs> for being the worst See, I think thing that, to hang your hat on. I think we're being unfair to Izzy. That's her name, Izzy. Because yep. I don't... I think she's just genuinely in danger. Right. <laughs> like, um, okay, we had Roxy. We have... We're, we're, Ro- Roxy, we're, you know... We're anticipating big things from Roxy. Yes, she seems forthright and uh, and she's covered in tattoos. Uh, so she's probably too interesting to go the distance, but... She's also a mechanical engineer, which I suspect mm. means that she's already at the end of her tether with incompetent men. Being a mechanical engineer... Being in a position where a man is choosing from a large pool of women mm. would be very new to her and probably okay. very disconcerting. Yep. For the listener at home, the ratio my sister, to... your preferred daughter, mm. was an engineer at university and there wasn't a huge amount of competition. Yep. We've got Rosemary Penguin, yes. almost irredeemable except for the fact that she had high heels on with the penguin feet. Yep, yep. What, what do we think about Rosemary? Oh, look, she seemed fun. She's, uh, I mean... Yeah, you kind of, like, wearing a penguin suit didn't sort of, I didn't see that as a positive. Look, let's not, let's not beating right. around the bush. So Let's get to the, let's get to the sli- big sli- three. Sli- Slytherin. Slytherin. <laughs> yeah. We've moved past what is well and truly Hufflepuff. Hufflepuff, Ravenclaw, maybe even some Gryffindor, but... Um, oh, Roxy's Ravenclaw. Right. Yeah. This is... Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to be, I'm trying to pass myself off as a Gen Z. We can't be okay. talking about Harry Potter too much. <laughs> okay, let's start with, I'd say... Villain number three, Laura. Yeah, yeah Laura. Um, look, uh, Laura, I think, is the shortest one there. And she comes on with this sort of thing that I'm a snob and I want you to, you know, how much money are you going to spend on me if we date and you have to buy me a birthday present and all of it. She said she wanted expensive, like, bags and purse. And then she said a Porsche GT Turbo. Right. And then in the next episode, she very clearly says the sentence that they just took that clip from to spice it together, oh, okay. where she says a Porsche GV Turbo or whatever it is. Right. But like in exactly the same tone. So So I was I was off put by her. Um look, I mean I kind of was vaguely aware that all right, there's sort of, you know, there are gonna be a number of villains in this. And um and so clearly she's gonna be one because she was self identifying as a villain, really. Mm. She she was getting all kind of snippy about every single thing that anyone else did. And she seemed to be hanging her hat on being a snob and kind of privileged and deserving of the better things in life. She strikes me as genuinely mean. And Mm. I can appreciate that. And Mm. I respect that. Sure. Um, But I think she's outclassed as a villain, honestly. Yeah. She did have the amazing line, why would anyone go to Bali when you can be in Perth? Yes, yes. Which I so want to make fun of, but you and I are currently in Melbourne. 
Yeah, well, I'd say Melbourne's more interesting than Perth. We are making this podcast because we legally are not allowed to go outside. Mm. Mm. We we cannot spend time with anyone else. Still, I'd rather be housebound in Melbourne than in Perth. <laughs> I also feel like someone's just said, like, oh, Ariba's already taken the kind of boss villain trope. Mm. Find a new villain. Right. And she's like, oh, I can just be, like, <laughs> entitled. Yes. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't love her, but also I appreciate the work she's, that she's doing for the Lord. Which brings us to Ariba. <laughs> yes, yes. I adore her. What's your thoughts? Well, I, I sort of can't stand Ariba. She's um, very, very much uh, you know, identifying as the villain. She's uh, a villain anyway. She's, her thing is she's the boss and no one's going to stand in my way if I want something. I'm not going to let anyone get in my way and I want Lockie. Mm. Uh, and it's like, yeah. Okay. But like why? Because <laughs> it's like you're a career-driven woman she's a banker or something she's a home loan officer yeah right, right. so caused i want to say caused the gfc yeah personally oh uh, she saw something and it got in the way so yeah. we had no chance <laughs> it, it being iceland's economy mm. i don't see career-driven high, ambitious high flying ariba really settling down with barley drifter mm. surf bum Lockie. um yes. i don't actually i think he's I, an entrepreneur though Oh, he has an adventure company, doesn't mm. he? Doesn't seem like something Ariba would be interested in. Yeah, well. And good on her. Mm, mm. But also, she's not here for the man. She's here to get on Bachelor in Paradise. Right, okay. So this is the subtext. This is the kind of second tier of stuff that I'm mm. just starting to kind of get the sense of through, through what you're saying by osmosis. She presents as not the sort of person I would want to have more than five seconds contact with in my life. Mm. Certainly not the 15 minutes for a COVID close contact. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> That's how we'll be judging yep. people yep. from now on. Mm. This brings us to, I think, the best character that I've ever <laughs> yes. seen on TV. Yes, yes. Uh, Zoe Claire. Yes. Dad, tell me about your feelings about Zoe Claire. Well, Zoe Claire is the train wreck that, um, <laughs> uh, you know, you can't look away from. She's... Uh, well, look, the thing is, she's 23, you know. She's Does my it... age. Yeah, yeah. Um, do we know how old Lockie is, the bachelor? He's like 30. 30, yeah. So so there's a seven-year age difference. So, yeah, that's really going to work. <laughs> um, but she's kind of like, she's the most 23 of, of the several 23-year-olds there. She seems to take everything to an extreme that doesn't really exist. So so w walk me through <laughs> what happened. Okay, so the story, the narrative of episode one was we met all these people, Lockie, uh, Lockie was very nervous, um, and then um, Zoe Claire, who, who is also sort of um, going, taking the, the strategy of, you know, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm here to win and I'm going to not let anyone get in my way and if they think they can, then they're going to have another thing coming because I'm... You know, I see something and I go straight. So she's sort of similar to Ariba like that. Uh, and so she kind of um, got the first time alone with Lockie. Is that correct? Yes, yeah. she gets the time alone with Lockie. Yeah, and so they wander off to some secluded corner of the garden and have a chat. And then Ariba decides, well, uh, I'm not going to stand for that. She's getting in my way. And so she storms over. Well, she doesn't storm over. She, she politely walks she, over. She stalks <laughs> over. 
and says, oh, excuse me, I just want to have a little chat with you and, and kind of horns in. So, yes, essentially, Zoe sits down with Lockie. It's a tradition in the first episode to go butt in oh, is on it? dates. Oh, okay. oh that's All right. Okay. <clears throat> to put it in context for you, mm. absolutely expected. Right, okay. She goes, sits down. It's an awkward three-way conversation. Zoe gives up. Yep. Zoe Claire, sorry. Zoe, gives yep. up and goes sit back down. And then all hell breaks loose. Tell me about what happens next. So then Zoe Claire uh, feels, uh, I think I'm imagining she feels sort of like um, shamed or, or, or like she's ashamed of herself. She feels like she hasn't done herself justice by letting Ariba browbeat her into mm. going away. Uh, so then she starts drinking hard and bitching to everyone about what's <laughs> happened and what a what a, a terrible person Ariba is and how <laughs> outrageous it was and what on earth did she think she was doing and I can't believe what just happened and getting her working herself up oh and then <laughs> and then as the alcohol quotient gets to a certain point in her bloodstream she starts uh, figuring it out she's figured out what's actually happened which is that um she got picked on because she's the odd one out. Everyone else here is Barbie dolls, they're blonde, and she's the only redhead. And so, and, and it's been the curse of her life. She, no matter what she does, no matter what's in her heart, no matter what's in her dreams, she's always going to be a ranger. And it's just not fair. <laughs> and notably, Ariba didn't pick on a blonde girl, didn't pick on a brunette girl, picked on her. I think it's important for the listeners to know that Ariba is the only non-white yes. cast member in this mansion. So Zoe Claire's oppression and the trials that she's facing, I think we can all agree are very legitimate. <laughs> <laughs> yes. oh. So um, so then, of course... Uh... Oh, sorry, I have to interject the mm. best bit when the producer... <laughs> yes. <laughs> you be Zoe Claire. So, has... so is anyone... I'm in, I'm in tears at the yeah, moment. Yeah. So has anyone mentioned the hair to you? Has anyone? Did you overhear anything? No, no. I, I just, I just think that's what it is. <laughs> I will always oh, that's right. be different. I love that she was bringing in the bone structure as well because clearly oh, okay. being attractive has also been incredibly, <laughs> incredibly difficult for her. Yeah. I mean, neither you and I or I have her bone structure, so I don't think we have any position to talk. Mm. I want to reveal to you something about Zoe Claire. Yes. Her famous words, I will be a ringer until the day I die. Yep. I want to show you a picture of her from May <laughs> last year. Ah. <laughs> oh, she looks so much more normal now that she has blonde hair. What an acceptable human being. I don't want to bully her anymore. Yep, yep. I'm ashamed that I ever wanted to bully her. Uh, apologies. Look, that is... No, February 2019, still blonde hair. Also, she has long hair here. Mm. Longer hair than it takes two years to grow. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> that's not her natural red hair. Right. Like, she bleached her hair two years ago. Mm. There's no way her hair is, that's her whole natural hair colour. You can't unbleach hair. Can't she just dye it red? Yeah, but that she's a box-dyed ranger. Right. She's yeah, not yeah. even a natural red yeah, oh, I'm with you, I'm with you. Yeah. She is, but three sides around the square. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A difference that makes no difference is no difference. Now, Zoe Claire's r relationship deal breakers are cheating, sexist, and narcissistic men. Right. 
Okay. Once again, she's so different. Yes. <laughs> from the rest of the world. <laughs> oh my god, fiery and sassy. Ah, okay. Is her two descriptors. Yeah, well, we saw those. Um, so she gets increasingly drunk, slurring her words. Yep. I don't think I've ever seen someone that visibly intoxicated on the bachelor before. Right. Like maybe. But I thought they had a rule of like one drink per hour or something mm. like that. Mm. So it does genuinely first of all, there's some extreme extremely sort of sensitive racial issues that come up with this sort of albeit hilarious claims mm. of oppression. But mm. also a duty of care in terms of they clearly the producers would have had to make a decision at some point. Yeah, yeah. To let her keep getting drunk. Yeah, well, I mean, the the, the sort of the the kind of obvious sort of suspicion is that they're all doing this on purpose. I mean, it, I guess uh, I don't know how cynical you can be about it, but it's like you just assume, yeah, they say that they're one drink per hour and that they're constantly and they have the duty, but really they're wanting the good tally. They're wanting people to get out of control and get extreme, and they must be, you know, and and everyone's got glass and you know wine and yeah. champagne in their hand every single shot. This also you have to know these first cocktail parties take place over, like, hours. Like, it may well have been 5 a.m. by the time she was doing that. I think I've heard before that it's even filmed over two nights, which I don't think can be the case because I think we saw her progress. Yeah. We haven't got to the the caps off yet, have we? No. Oh, my God. The third act. uh, Look, I just, I quest, it's so funny. I loved watching it so much. But also you have to question, which is like, we're starting the series off with a bang in terms of non-ethics. <laughs> yeah. Like, in terms of mistreatment of cast, yes. you know, and emotional damage that this could cause. Because she, you have to also realise that she's now exposed to a large amount of actual real-world hate. Mm, mm. Some of it deserved, because... Right. She's a ranger. <laughs> yeah, has no soul. But yeah. no, you know, some of it deserved because she clearly, this is clearly a woman who has not been educated mm. to the correct degree. And that's absolutely giving her the best the benefit possible, of all be- possible doubts. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, you know, best case scenario, an extremely ignorant woman. So, you know, maybe some public hate is justified. So, anyway, you, she, she when, confronted Ariba and she yeah, lambasted yeah. her and sort of. Um, you know, tore strips off her, you know, nose to nose kind of virtually sort of flecks of saliva flying out of her mouth, which um, I didn't. And then and Ariba kind of made a big show of sort of laughing it off. <laughs> you, you think I care what you're yelling in my face? I don't care. Mm, I thought Ariba actually handled it. Yeah, well, I sort pretty of. Well. I, I found it all a little underwhelming, like. Like, you know, I, I'm sure that if it was actually happening in real life, it'd be super duper awkward and everything. But in the context of a, a, a you know, hyped up reality contest TV show, it sort mm. of seemed a little tame. But uh, anyway, certainly. Um, no, that's one of the most exciting things that ever happened. <laughs> like, I'm sorry to break it to you. Okay. That's as good as it gets. Right, this right. episode was peak. <laughs> <laughs> We've we hit 11 already. And we really, we, and as we will see. It's yeah. a letdown from here. <laughs> so they confront each other. They go head to toe. Basically, nothing happens then. Um, the, uh, <laughs> a beautiful nurse lady, uh, our amazing first responder that Dad's not a fan of, Irina, manages to get uh, Lockie to manages, give a little... Manages a little, to a little, get a stethoscope on his bare chest and then 
insists that he takes listens to her heart and yeah. sort of basically sort of you know encourages him to grope her. <laughs> uh, um, we respect the hustle. Sure. I've never seen a more well done move, and in this day and age of Corona. We can't say a word against her. Yeah. So basically nothing else happens. We get to the rose ceremony. That's now, right. this is your first rose ceremony. I'm yes. very excited. Um, the amazing line that we learn that Zoe Claire is not here. Zoe she, Claire is unwell. She's taken ill. <laughs> taken ill. <laughs> yes. Taken ill. There was a lot of people posting just sort of photos of people throwing up into toilets <laughs> on Twitter right, after that. Right. Um, the fact that she's not there, quite rightly, gets Ariva a bit annoyed. Um, since <laughs> so they're she, probably having to stand there for hours. She receives an honorary rose. Yeah. Um, and it says uh, some people survive, some people don't. It's a poor drumming girl got kicked out, which, you know, Oh, yeah, uh, one right. of two ethnically diverse people gets booted out on the first episode. Mm. Um, someone else that I've never heard of or seen in my life. Um, and that's the, really the end of the episode. What were your What were your thoughts? Because I I can already feel you softening to the show. Yeah, I, the, I think that um, someone was talking about something, uh, some bad movie they were watching, and they said that they could feel Stockholm syndrome <laughs> setting in. And I really could feel that at about the 40-minute mark, I suddenly was kind of uh, so sort of battered because I was I was loathing it. I was hating it. I was just sort of contemptuous of every second that this was <laughs> siphoning off my life because um, it was so fake and so sort of the, the, the emotions being expressed were so phony and trumped up and, 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 and it was all just such bullshit that... Um, uh, but then kind of, I'd sort of, the, the, you know, the, the fire had burnt very hot and then it suddenly I was kind of like watching the show on its own terms and, <laughs> and kind of, um, and, you know, and then Bella was there. and then, um, uh, it's, It got you on level. Yeah. And, and then, and it was, and I was, you know, I knew that I would sort of hate myself in the morning and, and everything, but you kind of, it was sort of like being brainwashed, I think. Um, almost sort of literally uh, I could feel myself <laughs> getting brainwashed uh, you, you know so we're on to episode two now mm. thoughts I don't think I have any <laughs> episode yeah. two was a, a non-event really it was low energy mm. it was sort of uh, you know episode one burned so bright with, <laughs> with Zoe and all her antics and and Ariba and uh, and the penguin costume and, and then we come in on episode two, and there what? I can't even remember what happened. Oh, first up, the, the, it, the selection. Dad, we of, watched it twenty minutes ago. <laughs> there, there was the sort of decision made about who would go on the date. Yeah. Bella gets picked for the ba- single date. Right. Okay. Yes. Yes. Um, and girls are jealous. Yeah. That happens twenty times in a season. Yeah. Well, it happened fifteen times <laughs> in an episode. So yeah. Yeah. Um, the single date was really uneventful. Like usually, the first single date. Is pretty good. Okay. Like it's interesting, and you have sort of you know the first kiss is a bit of a thing. Mm. But here they were sort of just like just lounge around and drink champagne. They and... spend twenty four minutes taking the cork off a champagne bottle. Yeah, that was the most one of the most um, manufactured bits of drama <laughs> of the episode. Yeah, I've really... never uncorked a bottle of champagne before. Oh my god, Lockie, you really haven't? Wow. And he also doesn't like champagne. Oh, yes. Because he's straight boy. That's straight boy means straight men. Right. <laughs> he's a he big beer. man. He, he drinks beer, yeah. He's yeah. a lot of cold beer. Yep. He yep. likes strength 
honor and a oh, cold beer. As we saw we got, from his tattoo. Um, then they have like a fairly underwhelming kiss, and that's kind of it. Yeah, they were swimming around treading water, and the kiss was another example of treading water. I think it was like <laughs> two mums pecking a child on the cheek, but they both missed and locked lips. <laughs> I also like that he clearly wasn't allowed to get the rose wet, so it was sort of bobbing but holding oh, the rose see, up above the water. Uh, you know, you're watching on a whole different level of appreciation there from that. We move on to a fairly uneventful group date. Now, what you don't know is this photographed group date mm. is a mainstay for episode two. A photo it, session? Yeah, happens every happens. time. Oh, okay. In fact, it happens that it's always groups of three. Right. One of them gets a dud outfit. Uh, okay. There's always one sort of single photo at the end, and then they go off on like a single date. Right. Except, so... Perfect. So we picked the nine women. We got the, yeah, we picked nine women. And of course, Zoe Claire's kind of the second last, or the fourth last one announced. Yeah. And she's, oh, yes, you know. And then, and Laura is sort of saying, I'm furious that I haven't, my name hasn't come out yet. And then she gets called next. And then Ariba's like the big drama is like, it gets down to the last two. And then the, the second last one isn't Ariba. And then she's just fuming, but with this grin. This fixed sort of smile, and then, of course, the Reba's name is the last one. It's so interesting hearing you lay that out, because that has become, that process Mm. has become so ingrained in my DNA that I don't even see it. Right, yeah. It's nice to have a fresh (laughs) pair of eyes on the nonsense. Uh, (laughs) Um, So off they go. it's amazing. They go off. They go off to some shopping centre or something. Yeah, they're taking photos for, like, like News Like a sort of, um... We have Steph dressed as the dad... Oh, yeah, well, that was the highlight, which led to some good comedy about the two guys kind of being attracted to each other. It's like when the footy clubs all do the, the time warp dressed up as Frank and Perda. It's so <laughs> yeah. hilarious. Indeed. It's it's truly just peak heterosexual <laughs> comedy. Um, I loved it. Um, but uh, we've got that. We've got a bit of drama between Zoe Claire and Ariba, but they're clearly both hungover. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. They just can't sort of muster the energy to truly fight each other. Oh, but it was all just a means to leading up to the big finale where one person gets the final photo with Lockie and the producers pulled this complete sort of thing out of the rabbit out Whoa. of the hat. It was just amazing because the woman... That you know the the scenario is the the wedding you know and they have their first dance as a married couple and the woman who's there in a wedding dress is someone we haven't seen before although that fact takes a while to dawn on us <laughs> because she's tall slim leggy uh, you know and blonde um but dressed as a bride this time and it turns out that the what is it a ring in or a, a she's an, an outside intru- an intruder, intruder. Mm. now this is a bit of the lexicon that you mm. have to learn yep. but yes i just thought that she was several <laughs> of the so i just went on the 10 play list of bachelorettes to think to try and find who i thought it was but it turns out the person i thought it was was two people right i thought caitlin was claire and i thought claire was Belle. <laughs> Right. They okay. all look identical. But then something interesting happens, mm-hmm. which you don't know is an interesting thing. Yes. Which is that this That's episode. That's certainly true. <laughs> <laughs> You're not convinced that any of this yes. is an interesting thing. The episode ends. Yes, that's right. Now, normally, you would have had all of that, mm. and then a single date after that group date. With the newcomer, yeah. Yeah, and then a cocktail party. Right. And someone would have been kicked off. Oh, yeah, because no one got kicked off. No one was kicked off. I'm pretty sure 
I don't think there's a cocktail party in every episode, but I think episode two usually has one. And I'm pretty sure that is because the the big element of this series that we haven't discussed is the COVID-19 pandemic. Yes. Which is up in the third week. So this is filmed in Sydney. In the third week of filming, <laughs> the world ends. Yep. Huge lockdowns come in and they have to shut down production oh, okay. on the show. Oh, right. So they're going to get... They're gonna a whole get... se- season of episodes out of three weeks of shooting. No. No? They then, <laughs> the show goes to Zoom. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, it's called L- Love in Lockdown. Uh, he goes on Zoom dates. Oh, Oh man, what have I let myself in for? <laughs> in fact, he goes on. In fact, he goes on bath for Zoom dates. He goes what? They each are in a bath, zooming oh, each other. Oh, okay, yeah, you're right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then eventually, yeah, the lockdowns lift. Oh, okay. After right. like a yeah, couple of down. episodes. Yeah. And then they resume filming. Right. I don't know how many women are left. Yep. I'm assuming a fair amount. I don't know how many audience are left. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure you'll be left. <laughs> I, mm. I wish I could have introduced you to a season where you didn't have to get through three to four episodes of Zoom dates in the yeah, middle. Yeah, I wish that too. Zoom dates might actually be fun yeah. and novel again That's... for New South Wales and Queensland. <laughs> <laughs> but in Melbourne, that is not the content I want to watch. Mm. Uh, wow. Oh, boy. They're going to have to work really hard to get all that sort of, you know, kind of nose-to-nose kind of villain against villain. <laughs> a re- it's just a screen of Ariba and Zoe Claire's DMs to each other. Yeah. <laughs> because uh, that's the thing, which is I'm assuming those episodes just fucking suck. Mm. And so they're just squeezing out any drama they possibly can from episodes yeah, one, two, three, yeah, four, five, really, six. Yeah, well, this is Ep 2. They're really rocked it hard. Yeah, so Ep 2, I think, in all rights, should have been Ep 2 and Ep 3. Yeah, because it actually seems like there's some drama right at the well, end. Well, everyone was yeah very. Uh, I mean, it was amazing how upset all the, all the women were <laughs> on the photo Roxy shoot. Roxy was crying. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so Roxy, yes, who seemed to be brassy and forthright and and individual, was reduced to tears by this newcomer, the intruder, turning yeah. up and and scoring the, the coveted. Um, final photo, the, the, and not not only that, to add an insult to injury, she then had a, a single date with which, him, which is next. I, we, we might see next episode. Next yeah. Week, yeah, those usually last like two minutes, and I reckon okay. it's going to be half the episode mm. tomorrow. So yes, I'm really bringing you in at the season with just really the highest hurdle for enjoyment. Yep, sure. And your tolerance for enjoyment of this show was not <laughs> huge to begin with. But still, you know, Stockholm syndrome will get will get you. There, so. And also, genuinely, it's this or just like go for a walk. Mm, These so. are our two options. Yep, for that <laughs> before eight o'clock when the curfew hits. Uh, yeah. Yes. What is what's going to be more fun? To close out the episode, I want to give you a little quiz on some of the fun idiosyncrasies of Bachelor Seasons mm-hmm. Past. So I've got two questions for you. Yes. So, okay. The first one is, who uttered the eternal phrase, "Strap on the feed bag." When uh, referring to being attracted to a woman. Well, it must have been the honey badger, but... What do you think strap on the feedback means? That she's horse-faced? No. Okay. So much worse. Oh, I don't know. 
it's a reference um, to oral sex. Oh, all right. Okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> that was not even the worst thing he said. Right. That was a truly awful, awful series. Yeah, okay. The second question, and my final question, <laughs> is how many abortion-based storylines do you think there's been in The Bachelor? Oh, um, one? <laughs> no. No, okay. <laughs> there has been two. Two, right. <laughs> um, Richie Strawn and um, Alex Nation. I should say, never said, was heavily implied. I am not, for legal reasons, stating that this was what they were talking mm-hmm. about. However, this was definitely the audience perception of what they were talking about. Yeah. They both went into The Bachelor in Paradise and had this big 10-minute unedited confrontation about their relationship, and it all seemed to revolve around the fact that he didn't rock up to a very important medical oh. appointment that Alex Nation had that he didn't fly in from oh, Perth. Okay. Yeah, not good. Yep. Yeah. Um, and that then was the, one of two. That was one of two. Mm. And the last one was Abby Chatfield. It was never stated. Okay. Everyone's like, why doesn't Abby want kids? And Abby's like, I'm not sure I want kids. And uh-huh. everyone's like, how dare she not want kids? And it turns out she actually had had an abortion the year before. And she's publicly talked about this. The decision for that storyline to be the way it was, I don't know what the producers knew, but it, it certainly didn't cast that storyline in a good light afterwards. Yep. But it's, I would say, two more abortion storylines than you would expect from this series. Mm. Am I right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I said one because it was the lowest number I <laughs> thought would be an acceptable answer. Yeah. <laughs> it's so accidentally progressive sometimes. Right. Yeah. They try their hardest not to be. Yes. So, big question. Will you watch next week? Yes, yes. I want to. I want to win that rose. I want. I want, I want that triple threat. You want to be standing there, that, South Africa at the end. That's right. Uh, my name is Matilda Bosley. You can find me on Twitter at at Matilda Bosley. Uh, where can people find you, Dad? Uh, on IMDb under, <laughs> under some children's TV title. Yeah, that's your preferred social that's media. Right, yes. Anyway, we'll um, see everyone next week uh, if Dad makes it. Looking forward to it. (laughs) Yay, I'm so embarrassed. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of the Me, My Dad and the Bachelor podcast. If you want updates on the show, you can follow us at MyDadBatchPod on Instagram or shoot us an email at MyDadBatchPod at gmail.com if you can figure out how to type that. The music in today's episode was by the band Latch Swing and we'll be gracing your ears again next week after a few more exciting Bachelor adventures. Stay safe.